Hey guys, welcome back to the Do Use This podcast. It's Ashton, host of the show. Happy you're back tuning in today. A very special guest tuning in today also. Her name is Carly Barr. She is a small business boutique owner, and I cannot wait to have her talk to you about all things boutique, fashion, and you know all that jazz, small business owner. So Carly, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I know, I'm excited you're here too. I was just telling Carly that it's always nice to talk to somebody that's in the same element as you are. So I've been in fashion for eight, nine years of my life. Obviously went to college for it, as did you. So it's exciting. I'm anxious to pick your brain and hear what it is that you're up to and all that you have done with your boutique so far. Of course, I cannot wait. Yay. So Carly, why don't you kind of give us a background history so everyone can kind of know who you are, where you're from, obviously your career path and what it is that you're doing right now with your boutique. Sure. So um like she said, we went to Western. Um, well, I don't know if you said that actually, but uh, <laughs> we went to Western. I started in the fashion um, world, I guess uh, you would say whenever I was 15, 16. I'm from Owensboro, Kentucky, uh, which is kind of a small town. It's a small minded town, but it's pretty big. But we've um, we had a couple boutiques and the boutique that I worked at then is actually closed now. But worked there on and off through college and everything about six years. Um, and then I went to Western for fashion. And I got a business minor as well. So I kind of always had um, the boutique mindset in mind that, that I wanted to own one one day. Um, I definitely thought it was going to be more in my 30s whenever I was more established, whatever that might be, <laughs> and um, had a family and all that stuff. Um, but uh, quickly after I graduated college, I went, um, moved to Nashville for a year and managed a store there. And then after that, I realized that... Uh, I think I could do this better. So I started in 2018 um, online uh, specifically. And then about a year into it, we opened a mobile boutique. And then about a year after that, we did a brick and mortar. So now we have been open about three and a half years in our brick and mortar, almost a year in May. Um, So things have been moving like progressively quick, which is kind of overwhelming sometimes, Mm -hmm. but it's super Mm -hmm. exciting. And um, it's been a whirlwind of a time. So I love it. It's so exciting though. Yeah, I did not mention, but you guys, we both did go to Western for fashion. So another fun fact, you know, I'm always running in and networking with people who I did go to school with. So that's super exciting. Um, But it's exciting to hear like how much progress you've made over the last couple of years. Like I didn't realize you were strictly online first. I knew you had, you know, the mobile truck and now you're in brick and mortar. So do you still do stuff with your mobile truck? Are you just strictly um, order now? Yes, we still, so <laughs> she's parked in the back of our brick and mortar location. She just chills there for a little bit, but um, usually, I mean, obviously mobile events that we could take it to is always going to be dependent on the weather. So in the winter months, we don't do much with it because it's too cold and blah, blah, blah. But um, we, it's been a struggle trying to figure out the balance with having a brick and mortar because whenever we do take the bus out, it's like, okay, what inventory are we going to take out of the store? on a day that we're open, unless it's like a Sunday, but you know, there's a lot of events that are going to be on a Saturday or Friday or whatever. So, um, but trying to balance that out has been interesting. Um, so we haven't done a ton with the bus, but, um, and with COVID too, COVID really slashed the bus a little bit because we, um, opened we, or we launched, I guess the bus in July of 19. And then obviously COVID hit, um, the next following year. So it's been kind of interesting trying to figure out like the events and things are just now starting to come back and be normal and not have so many regulations and things like that so um but we are definitely we're actually taking it to western in like two weeks um for the fashion girls to come and see it um I think 
Dr. Cox messaged me or something. So, um, <laughs> which is fun. So, yeah, she was so sweet. She was like, yeah. we really want to get you down here. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So that's exciting. I'm going down there in a couple of weeks. So that's cool. Well, it's exciting to hear that because the boutique that I currently work at, we actually have been a brick and mortar for like 30 plus years. So um, with me coming in as young, fresh mindset, obviously everything's moving online. And I think it's so important that you do what you need to do for you and your business. And I think having that online store um, is a huge effect, especially after COVID. I mean, some people still don't get out. I mean, our world has just changed so much. So it's interesting to hear how your story's kind of flipped opposite of what mine is and how we're getting ready yeah. to experience what online is like. Um, we haven't been doing online because, you know, our POS system hasn't allowed us to, you know, be able to track inventory in store versus online. So that was a headache and a half, you know, trying to track inventory as people bought oh, things. Absolutely. But it's super exciting, super exciting to hear your story and how far you've come. I got to know, though, and you got to tell everybody, what is your store name and where did that idea come from? Because it is super cool, super badass personally. And I love the logo and the look totally, yeah. the total aesthetic. Thank you. Awesome. Um, yes. So um, it's called Bar Bones. My last name is Bar, as you mentioned earlier. Um, I always knew that I wanted to do a play on words with Bar because, you know, it's a normal word. So. <laughs> I just didn't know what that looked like. I had no earthly idea. And I actually um, had to come up with a name within like 24 hours because I had an appointment to get my business license like the next day. And mm -hmm. my dad was like, you got to come up with something. I don't, I don't <laughs> care what it is. And I was like, that is so much pressure because I mean, yeah, you can rebrand, but you want to just go out with a bang and just like love what you've got. So um, I actually had lunch. I was living in Nashville at the time still had lunch with one of my friends. Um, she was in the fashion program too at Western and, uh, she, we just sat there and just pinballed ideas. And she was like, she, she just came up with bar bones. And I was like, that sounds kind of cool. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know how I can make that work, but I just wanted something that wasn't something, something boutique. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted it to be just different, very like people still wouldn't really know what it was. I don't know. I just, yeah. I wanted something completely different. So yeah. We went with that. And then I actually, the logo is a skull with pink sunglasses. Um, so the way we came up with that was I met up with a graphic designer in Nashville that I worked with on and off in the boutique that I worked at there. And she, she does some insane stuff. She's so talented. And we just sat down with her and I was like, this is the name. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what I want this to be, but I want it to be badass. I want it to be a little bit, you know, edgy with a little bit feminine because that's kind of my style. And mm -hmm. that's what I was going to like build my brand off of. So mm -hmm. she literally just sat there and was like, I'm thinking like a skull because of bones. And then we could put like pink neon glasses on it. And I was like, <laughs> brilliant. And then that's, that's how it came out. Like I didn't have any of it planned, like had no idea that that's what it would turn into. So it, and now it it's works. like, it works. Now we love it. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. it's pretty cool, but yeah. It's very trendy. It's very different. And like you said, very edgy. So you guys are going to have to check it out after this because it's just like a totally different mood set with your logo and everything. So now I kind of want to get into depth. I know you kind of mentioned why you decided to go into fashion, um, that you've always kind of wanted to open your store. So tell me a little bit like obstacle wise, uh, what were some obstacles you maybe had to overcome to start your own business? You know, whether it was the fear of failure, you know, or just the fear of not knowing what the hell to do with everything as you begin to start your business. Um, what are some of the things that you went through at the beginning um well it's a funny story because whenever I was living in Nashville I had this job for right about a year I had a super botched wisdom teeth surgery 
this story is crazy. So I'll just say that. But um, I was out of work for about a month and I got laid off because I couldn't come back to work. So my <laughs> obstacle was, you know, do I find another job? Do I, my, my lease was coming up on my rented apartment. And I was like, is this my time? Like, do I do this now? Because I'm out of a job. I'm going to be out of, you know, a apartment soon. Like, do I start a whole new life again in Nashville or do I go home and, mm-hmm. and like live with my parents and get settled and just built out? Right. And so that's what, that's what I went with. And, um, honestly, I had a ton of help from my parents. My dad is a business owner as well. And he's had his business about 25 years or so. And so he helped me guide me and all the like legal stuff whenever we were first starting. And he still helps me today, every day. So I'm really grateful for that. Mm -hmm. And um, obstacle wise, I mean, whenever you're starting online, of course you, you, we didn't go to school for website design. Like, you know, that, that part was difficult. I spent every single night until 5am for a month straight trying to design my website and all that stuff. So that was like learning something new while also trying to, I was almost in a rush. I was like trying to get it going because I was jobless. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's obviously a pressure, you know, you don't want to just, and my parents were like understanding and definitely my dad had been wanting me to start something of my own in college. He wanted me to open a boutique in college so that whenever I was done with college, I would be set and Mm -hmm. I would have, you know, I'd been open a year or two. So I'd already have my bearings on it. And I was like, no, 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 I can't do that. You know, that's too much. So we, um, once we did open, he was pretty gung ho, had everything planned in his head. So, um, obstacle wise, it was just more of like me learning things that I had no idea I was going to need to know, like the website design part. Um, and just going, like going, figuring it out as I go, which I'm (laughs) still definitely doing. Um, and like marketing and Instagram and all that stuff. But um, I think definitely opening a store whenever you're at our age and you already you're already on Instagram and TikTok and all that stuff like it's much simpler than it could be if we were older. But which I hands down give it to the people that you know started <laughs> brick and mortar and now we're going to online because mm-hmm. it's a whole new world. Mm-hmm. It's a whole new world. So, um, but yeah, obstacle wise, it was it was hard and it still is, but um, it's definitely rewarding. Absolutely. So. But I feel like too, like you kind of said, there's never going to be like a right time to decide when to do that. You know, whether you decide to do it in Absolutely. college or they decide to do it after 10 years after, you know, you have a family and you um, feel established. I always say that too, like there's never going to be a right time. There's never going to be a sign or maybe there will be a sign, but there's never gonna be the right time for you to be like, okay, it's, it's time to go. I think the biggest thing is, or with me, you know, with me and my new adventure with this whole um, fitness program and the podcast, you know, I'm learning every day too. I can't say mm-hmm. that I am 110%, you know, knowledgeable about everything that I should and shouldn't be doing. So I think just kind of just trusting your gut. And I know that uh, terms used a lot, but in all reality, just trusting your gut and just doing what you feel like you should do at that time and moment, because hell, it could turn out to be really, really good. And it could turn out to make not be anything. But at the end of the day, how mm-hmm. are you going to know if you don't just do it? So yeah. I totally agree with you on that one. Totally. Okay. So any advice kind of now that you've experienced all that you have with your business for people who may want to start their own clothing boutique? I know you mentioned, you know, just kind of starting and learning in the process, but is there anything else that you would, you know, give some words of advice to them if they want to kind of start their own thing? Yeah. Um, I would just do your research and be, I my biggest thing is like, if you have it on your heart, do it, have confidence, like, and ask a bunch of questions. I'm one of those people that I don't want anyone to help me. 
Like I want to do it on my own. So mm -hmm. whenever I do make it to the top of the top, I can like take pride in that. But that's such an ego thing. Mm -hmm. it, you, you cannot get to where like the top of the top without having as much help as possible. It's almost like it takes a village, mm -hmm. but really. Um, and I feel like I still struggle with that. Like I have certain resources I could ask, but I don't want to, because I don't want to bother them or take time yeah. out of their day, but I know they want to help me. And it's just like battling that in your brain is kind of hard, but I would always say like, if you have someone around you, whether they own a car dealership, it doesn't matter. You know, it's like business is business when it comes down to it, numbers are numbers. And so if you have anyone in your circle that you could ask for help, whether it be for business wise or social media or whatever it be, like if you have a resource, use it. That is a huge thing for me. Like I said, I'm still trying to learn, but mm -hmm. um, especially if you're starting out, like as much help as you can get and especially free help right. <laughs> as much yeah. as that you can get, um, which I know that is few and far between as well. But um, and just like leaning on your your people that love you um, and not taking it all heavy on your shoulders that's the way that you're going to get through because it is so stressful owning something on your own it is I mean your mental health like really does take a toll if you're not like super strong but which I, I will 100% say that mine's taken a toll but it's also like if I didn't have my family and my friends and my people you know helping me every day so you just have to like let people in let people help you and just research and just take everything in kind of like mm -hmm. you're adapt to everything new be a sponge mm -hmm. um like with tiktok like i didn't know how to use tiktok during covid which is when it kind of blew up and i we just started using it for the store i don't know probably over the summer and you just have to go with as things are changing so mm -hmm. you just have to be very flexible and adaptable and go with change um but that's definitely my yeah. first, my first thing always is just start. Yeah. Once you start, then you can go wherever, but if you stay in your mind or behind, you're never going to go forward. So, right. I cannot agree with that more. Everything you are saying is exactly me to a T. I'm somebody who always wants to do it on my own because I know it's going to get done the right way. I'm terrible <laughs> at delegating. I was terrible. And it was an ego thing too. I didn't want to ask anybody, you know, I thought I'd figure it out on my own. I'll figure it out. I don't need help. But in reality, all it was doing was hurting me. And I did post something to the other day, like, and I'm, I cannot stress enough how important it is that you allow yourself to learn from other people. You would be absolutely stupid to not let yourself learn from other people. I mean, we have so many resources in front of us that allow us to learn. I mean, the Google search bar, I can't even explain the amount of shit you can learn off the internet. You will just look it up. Um, so everything that you said there was absolutely me to a T. And I catch myself doing it sometimes too. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm like, I'll figure it out. Um, in, the, in the reality, just ask. I mean, and if they don't tell you or if they don't want to help you, then move on to the next person because someone out there is willing to help you. Just like, you know, I'm sure you would help somebody if they came to you and asked you for advice yeah. or help. So great. That was awesome. I love that part. But mm -hmm. let's talk now. I want to kind of pick your brain as far as what your niche is. So I know branding, uh, color schemes, marketing, your current clientele, you know, everything can be hard because I feel like it's very, what's the word I'm thinking of? There's so many boutiques right now. It's very saturated. Everybody kind of yeah. wants to do their own thing. So want to pick your brain on how did you find who you wanted your client to be and how do you work extremely hard to make sure you're hitting those people? You know, obviously you're going to hit other people too. It doesn't matter who you're targeting towards. Um, but what did you do to kind of find your niche and who is it that you go after to really target your uh, brand to? 
Sure. Um, well, at the beginning, I will say whenever I was opening online, like online is, if you're just online, it's very hard because you know, it's, it's out there just like in the air, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're in the web, like you can't, you don't have a store that people can just come to. So at the beginning, like my niche was very like, I don't, I, people of Owensboro, like of my hometown, because like they knew me personally. So they knew that I had a website. Um, and then over the years, I feel like, honestly, my personal opinion, I think your niche can change. Um, and I think like going back to the adaptability I was talking about, like it's okay that your niche changes in my perspective, because at the beginning I was like, okay, I need a market to my age through my mom's age, which my mom's almost 60 because us, you know, we're, we're getting into the workforce. We need cute clothes and we're finally having a little bit of money since we are getting into our workforce to spend. Mm -hmm. Um, but also you have our parents that have been working for 40 years that definitely have way more money than we do. So I was like, I'm going to hit this whole twenties to 60 range age range of women. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a, that's, that's hard because (laughs) you know, you can have crop tops, but have things that are oversized for, you know, Mm -hmm. or have things that are more mature for your moms. Um, but then that kind of, that it's so broad. So we kind of niched it down, um, especially once we opened the brick and mortar last year, um, to more of a younger crowd, which I will say is very difficult because Mm -hmm. of the, we don't make as much income. We just don't. That's just, that's just point blank period. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, especially I have my high school girls that bring their moms in. So their moms are spending the money, but it's not on them which they're obviously going to be a little bit more hesitant to drop $500 on right. their 18 year old versus on themselves. Right. That sort of thing. But, um, we're trying to work through that currently now, honestly, um, trying to figure out how to still hit people that are, you know, our age, um, things like that. But like I said, I think it's one of those things that you kind of just see what your market needs to, um, my hometown, we have, couple boutiques probably four or five and every one of them is pretty mature um most things are for the the moms Mm -hmm. and that's great because moms need to keep clothes of course and grandmas need to keep I think you know you can be 92 and still wearing whatever you want that's my huge I'm I'm a huge advocate for that um but whenever you're in a more small set smaller mindset town people don't think that they can wear certain things. So, you know, you have your boutiques that are kind of like set towards more mature audiences, more mom um, mm-hmm. age groups. Um, but we didn't have anything for my age group, you know, 20s, 30s, even like young 40s that still want to be really cool and trendy. Um, we don't have a mall here. So we have literally boutiques and Target TJ Maxx. That's about it. So I was like, but what about all of our people my age, you know? So once I opened the brick and mortar, I was really niching down to that age range and trying to get on every single social media platform that those age people are on, AKA Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, things like that, um, which is very difficult whenever you're a small team because just that job in its own is, it's it's a whole full-time job, right? Um, But that's kind of like, how we are 
trying to market to that age range, but um, it's definitely just a work in progress with the niching. Um, now, if you have, if you start out and you have your niche and it works, that's great. Like run with it, but um, don't be scared to, like I said, go change with what you see is needed. So, right. right I agree. And our, and that's like us right now too, you know, we're hitting everyone from the age of, you know, 80 year old women to, you know, we're trying to hit more girls in high school and it can be extremely hard because, you know, you make content that you want your high school girls to see. However, you know, you make content that you want your older women to see. And like you said, it's just kind of trying to figure out what works for you and what's best for you. You know, the boutique I work at has been established for over 30 some years. So the older generation knows we're there, knows what we sell. It's just trying to build awareness of the younger age and get them in there, help them realize, you know, yes, it's a little bit more expensive. However, the quality is a lot better. And we can't trust that enough too. you know, a lot of people, you know, shop online, buy fast fashion, but in reality, no shop local shop small, you're going to get much better quality clothes. Yes. They're a little bit more expensive. However, at the end of the day, you know, it's a lot better quality, like I said. So that's That's interesting. Yeah. So let me know now. I'm just kind of curious. What's three things that you feel like you would have liked to have known before starting your business? Anything specifically? (laughs) Um, Honestly, I knew whenever I started that numbers and financials and everything like that is going to be the most important part. But I feel like whenever I went to school, that's not what I learned because my major was fashion. Right. But that stuff is so much more important, honestly, than, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to merchandise your store. Like a lot of people can do that. And a lot of people, you can teach a lot of people to do that. You can teach people financials too, of course, but it's like, if you don't know your numbers, you're, you're, you're not going to go anywhere. You're just not. And so I wish at the beginning, I would have put more focus on making sure my numbers are spick and span. I'm, you know, really ahead of it. I know where I am money wise at all times, um, things like that, which, you know, you're going to, like I said, you're going to learn as you go and Mm -hmm. that's fine. But I wish that I would have started in gung ho on that at the beginning. Um, because that would have really helped me now because now some certain things I've had to backtrack on. And, you know, whenever you own online, like it's not as big of a deal because you don't have overhead to pay. You know, I mean, maybe, yeah, your website costs, but what 80 bucks maybe like not not a big deal well now you know I have to pay my rent and my utility bill and your your employees and all the things that you have to pay and you don't you got to make sure that you have the money to pay that stuff so uh I uh, would definitely say that that's one thing that I would like a lot of people I feel like that I've listened to and things like that that are in the boutique world didn't don't even have a fashion background they have a business background or a financial background or an accounting or whatever. And I'm like, that's great because you need someone either on your team or you need to be super diligent about your numbers, about things like that, because that's what's going to make you scale. That's mm-hmm. what is what's going to make you grow and become like the huge empire that you want, if that's what you want, which who doesn't. So, um, but I would say that's my number one thing. 
Um, well, if you only have one, that's fine too, because I'm yeah. just curious, you know, picking your brain as far as three goes, but that one's a huge one because I don't think a lot yeah. of people think about, oh, the money and costs that it takes to do these things, especially like if you don't know what an open to buy is, you know, I thought that was so interesting to learn. And I still reference my book now, you know, looking back at it and the equations you can do to learn like, okay, I need this amount of inventory for the store because I sold this much last month. I mean, people don't think about that. I think when people think about boutiques, they just think, oh, you just go shopping and you have all this inventory and it's fun. Um, but in reality, if you have no clue what your numbers are it's going to be a shit show to say the least because oh, it is so important and I agree with you I wish in college I would have learned more about finances and you know yeah. and I did take a few couple of finances classes about you know um, budgeting and things like that but you don't really understand how important it is until you're in the industry and you're like okay I need to know all of this right absolutely Right. So tell me, what do you do or what makes you keep going when things get hard? So obviously when, when COVID hit, things probably got extremely hard as they did, you know, for our business. And obviously there's a lot at the end of the tunnel. Here we are. You absolutely made it out of, you know, the tragic COVID. Um, but mm -hmm. where, what did you do or what did you hold on to to help you, you know, kind of get out of that way when things got hard? I think that my my dreamer in me, like my entrepreneurial spirit was like, and my uh, competitiveness mm -hmm. gets me, gets me to the next day. I'm like, I'm not going to give up on this. I'm not going to let this overtake, you know, or have one bad day overtake my good days or um, making sure that I make myself proud. Um, honestly, I've been struggling because um, I'm an only child. So I, I have a lot of pressure from my parents and I always have. Mm -hmm. And so most recently we've had a little come to Jesus about that, about how, like, now that I'm older and mature and have had this business almost four years, it's like, I want to make myself proud too. Mm -hmm. Um, of course I'm going to, that, that making them proud is never going to go away. Mm -hmm. Of course, but I want to make myself proud and be happy with what I've created and built for myself. So I think every single day, I wake up and I go to my store being like, this is mine. Mm -hmm. This is nobody else's. I did this on my own. And whether, whether it sinks or it sails, mm -hmm. at least I did this. And I can say that I did this, whether I want to close up shop tomorrow or whether I last 30 years, like your mm -hmm. place, like I, I did this and I've had tons of help, of course, but ultimately this is, I can take ownership in this and that feels so damn good. Like yeah. that, that's amazing for me because I've had, I have had this goal since I was in high school and to be living that 10 years later and being pretty successful at it, I'm just proud of myself. And that's what like really keeps me going is that I'm creating a life based on like what's in my brain, if that makes <laughs> sense. Like yeah. I'm doing this for me and, you know, hopefully as the years go on and I do have a family, I'm going to be able to support that family with what I've created. Mm -hmm. That is what keeps me going and that I don't have to, you know, worry about getting a check cut from somebody else. Like I do that. Mm -hmm. And that makes me really proud and like be able to like stand on my two feet whenever things get hard. So yeah. I love it. Like I said, you are so me. Like, I feel like our personalities are so much alike and you think a lot, a lot, a lot like me. So just hearing you talk mm -hmm. exactly how I feel and the emotions that I go through, you know, as I begin to, you know, build the podcast brand and build um, my fitness brand, you know, obviously working at the boutique, I love, but it, there's just something about being able to build something from the ground up yourself that is so special. And, you know, all the experiences that you go through and all the different emotions and every, every sacrifice you make too, there's just something special about it when it comes down to, you know, being successful with your business. So I love that. 
But what are your goals? Lastly, about Barbone. So obviously you have brick and mortar, a bus and an online store. Do you have any, you know, big goals for yourself for your business? Um, yes, of course. We always have big goals. Um, I would say right now I'm just really trying to build online presence back. Um, I feel like once we opened the brick and mortar, our online kind of has flip-flopped a little bit just because people are so, I mean, even, even me, I don't, I don't shop from online all that often because I have a weird body, you know, I got to try everything on. I got to see it. I got to touch it. I got to feel it, whatever. And so that's how a lot of people are. So I feel like now that we have the option for people to come in, try things on Mm -hmm. our online has kind of not like decreased, but you know what I mean? It's kind of right, right definitely um, brick and mortar is taking precedence. So we're trying to um, really build online to almost be, I would love for it to be sustainable almost on its own mm-hmm. um, and have, it would be cool to have like two inventories almost yeah. completely separate, have it more be like online, be more of a warehouse situation versus a flagship store, that sort of thing. I think that would be really cool. Um, I've always wanted um, obviously multiple stores. I think that would be amazing in different cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's especially, you know, not anywhere too far, just so, but my, my ultimate goal is to have multiple, um, stores and cities that I love so yeah. that I can go be the CEO and go to each store and spend a month or so there and like loving on my team and building that brand outside of Owensboro, Kentucky. I think that's my biggest goal. Um, that is definitely most attainable as well. Um, uh, obviously things are, you can't just build like that so fast. Um, mm-hmm. but that's long-term. I think it would be cool to have a couple different stores, a couple different locations, maybe more than one bus. I I've always thought about that too. <laughs> um, especially like, you know, in coastal towns, I think that'd be so fun. Like in Seaside, Florida, how they have like the little like roundabout with different like food trucks and stuff like put a bar bones bus in there, like have some clothes on there. Like that'd be fun. So um, I have kind of that in mind too, but you never know. I mean, who knows where the wind will take you and opportunities can come out of it nowhere. Mm-hmm. And um, you always have to be open to that stuff too. Cause you never know what, what that could bring you, but great. Those um, are, those are some goals. <laughs> They're pretty big, but um, no, I feel but like it's a good thing. Have- yeah, yeah. It's a good thing to have. I think if we don't dream that way and we don't have those goals, like, you know, what is it that we're really looking forward to or working towards? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think little, any dreams too big or too small. I think as long as you have them, you just go after them and work your ass off and you'll get there sooner or later, right? Yes, absolutely. Completely <laughs> awesome. agree. Awesome. Well, Carly, I am going to wrap today's show up. I feel like you and I could sit here and talk with each other for the longest time. But one last fun question. Sure. What was your favorite memory at WKU? Oh my gosh. I have so many. It's so crazy. I like whenever I think about it, I can't ever pick one because I just loved I there wasn't really one thing I could say that I didn't love. Mm -hmm. I loved everything about it. Um, I definitely would say there's it's not a specific memory, I guess, but there's so many things like good memories I had in my sorority. Um, It was really, really, really important to me. I was very gung ho about it. And it still am. um, But uh, really any memory that had to do with that, which was pretty much my whole four years there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just, I, I love being, having that community and having that connection with those girls and still having connections with those girls still. Um, that was really, really, really important to me and showed me 
I don't know, it sounds so cliche, but showed me like a family outside of my family since I am an only child. Like that was very important to me to have mm-hmm. people that felt so close and um, so real, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just any memories with those people were top notch. I would, I would not trade that for the world, so. I always love to ask that just because it takes me right back down memory lane, like thinking about all the things that I did. And it is sad. I've already been out of college for as long as I have, but it's good to, like I said, network with people who I did go to college with and um, hear your stories, hear where you're at and how successful you're becoming. So that's awesome. Well, guys, we're going to wrap today's episode up again. I appreciate you for being here, Carly. One last thing. Why don't you mention where the listeners can find you and your boutique at? Absolutely. Okay. So our website is going to be shopbarbones.com. It's B-A-R-R, like my last name. Um, and then our Instagram and things like that is also going to be shop.barbones. Um, our skull logo is on everything. So once you see that, you'll be able to find us. Um, we're also on TikTok, of course. I think we're just, we're probably shop barbones on everything. If you Google it, everything will come up or Pinterest, everything like that. And then if you're ever in Owensboro, Kentucky, we are on the main street in Owensboro, right next to a Starbucks, which is fabulous um but if you're ever in definitely come by and see us but outside of that definitely check us out online and on our instagram awesome well thank you again for being here it was so much fun today i appreciate you and i will talk to you soon